Hey, Whoreheads, before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to let you all know that we just launched our official Horrifying My Friends Patreon. As you can guess, we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and passion into creating the pod. So if you love us and want to support us, now you can. We've got three tiers that you get different, exclusive perks. For just $1 a month, you can simply show your support and get episodes early. For $3 a month, you get an exclusive live commentary episode each month, as well as a specially curated Spotify playlist by yours truly. And for $6 a month, you get double the exclusive live commentaries, early access to episodes, a playlist, and tons of bonus content like Captain Creature Reviews, and a special Grindhouse podcast hosted by Horror Host Trav. Okay, that's our pitch. We're grateful for whatever support you can send our way, but regardless, we will happily keep bringing you our weekly free episodes. So thank you as always, and without further ado, let's get creepy. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for? If not for shedding. I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. There is nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. Let her get away, mommy. Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm horror host Trav. Uh, joining me, as always, is the theme queen herself, producer Kate. Hey. And back from the grave, from the Lazarus Pit, Slasher Rob. What's going on, man? <laughs> so, so how have you been, by the way? Because we, right. we we haven't really asked you. Um, I, I don't know if we even asked you last time. We just like kind of dove into what was it? Silent Night, Deadly Night was the last one. That I believe so. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah, I believe so. Yeah, a couple months ago. So we yeah. always have Rob on when we're doing slashers, uh, partly because slashers are awesome and they're your kind of movie, but also another reason is because of course COVID and we're limited people and you know you don't want to <laughs> spread a fucking pandemic and shit like that. Yeah. No, sla- yeah, I love slashers. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, Rob is our like '80s slashers. Oh yeah, guy. he's our '80s slasher guy <laughs> for sure. Um, you are also going to be Heath and I are talking about doing like a music one, like a sh- shock rocked or something like that, like Alice Cooper album. And I'm going to be like your that. victim. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. I was like, oh, we could have Hodge on a couple of those, and like, uh, I think Brooks is thinking about joining us too. And then like, of course, like the Sleaze a Grindhouse podcast. Oh. I, I'm going to get up and running pretty soon as well. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, uh, Hodge and Step can join me on a few of those because I know we go way back on those kind of movies. But anyway, it is the season. It's the romantic season. We, you know, if you have someone special, even if you don't, you're buying cards, you know, you're gift wrapping hearts and boxes, sending them out to all the, all the lovely ladies and guys <laughs> that you uh, have in your lives. But it, this is the first time that you guys have actually seen. Is this the first Valentine's day horror movie that you guys have seen? For me? Yes. Yes. Uh, so you hadn't seen uh, Valentine? I haven't seen Valentine or... Isn't there one like with Cupid or something? Yeah, that's like Valentine. That? Yeah, that, Valentine? that one's solid. Yeah, I, haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I know about it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, so we are talking about the 1981 Canadian slasher classic, My Bloody Valentine. Not the shitty band. 
<laughs> every time I Google My Bloody Valentine, that fucking band comes up. And I'm just like, ooh. It, it reminds me of, like, Mike Bertram. <laughs> it should. Um, this is directed by George Mihaka. Mihalka, I believe. Mihalka. Story by Stephen Miller, starring Paul Kelman as TJ, Lori Hallier as Sarah Palmer, which I couldn't help but think of Twin Peaks. I don't know if he got that from there or not, but this is very Twin Peaks-esque. Uh, it, at times. it is at times. Though. It's like a small town and people are looking at each other like slanty-eyed and shit. Neil Affleck, no relation to Ben Affleck, as Aww. Axel. Don Franks as Chief Newbie. Cynthia Dale as Patty. Probably the most good-looking woman in the movie, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Alf Humphreys as Howard. Uh, Katie... Uh, was like going bonkers over that guy, like the class clown. She was like, "Oh, he's so cute." No, it was not. <laughs> I, I said he, he yeah, reminds Hodges, me of Brooks. Yeah, I just so like that makes, reminds me of Brooks. So it makes so much sense. He doesn't look like him at all. But he is goofy and like Brian's not nearly that annoying. Let's face it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> Keith Knight as Hollis, who's the the official Hodge in this movie. Excellent mustache. <laughs> It was a great mustache. <laughs> that so, mustache was absolutely too much, but we'll get Oh, dude, it. that mustache was awesome. It was fantastic. <laughs> He's got to stay warm. He's in the fucking yeah. mines all the time. Just his lip, though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, exactly. synopsis. A decades-old folktale surrounding a deranged murderer killing those who celebrate Valentine's Day turns out to be true to legend when a group defies the killer's order and people start turning up dead. My bloody Valentine. <laughs> That's like your new voice for this announcement. Well, that's my that's like my grindhouse <laughs> slash uh, slasher voice. I like it. My bloody Valentine. It works. So fast facts. Um, made very much during the slasher boom of the early eighties. Uh, producer thought about a uh, producers of the film thought about like uh, slashers that weren't like the holidays. Like we talked about this in the last one of the last shows. I, I can't remember what it was, but it's like Easter Sunday. They have like my bloody Valentine, like every fucking holiday has a slash movie now. So they basically went through the holidays and were like, which one's not taken. And we need to like take one of those. So they came up with Valentine's day. Um, in an interview with terratrap.com director, George Mihalka said that sh- the shooting location at Sydney mines, Nova Scotia was chosen because of its rustic atmosphere. Um, so the town actually decided that they were going to spend like 50,000 to have the mine painted and cleaned and, you know, like make it look like new and shit, <laughs> which of course was like totally not what they wanted. So they actually said that. 75000 of the film's budget was then used to return the mine to its original state for shooting. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, which they're just like, oh, my God, what the fuck do you do? Um, the film was actually shot in authentic mines, which were often as uh, much as 900 feet underground. Um, only certain lighting devices were used in some of those scenes, like I assume like the fighting scene and stuff. The ultra-slow Canadian fight, like towards the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, only li- certain lights could be used, though, of course, because of um, uh, methane. You know, they, they didn't want to set anything off or whatever. According to make- makeup effects artist Thomas R. Berman, one of his gory creations was realistic enough that the director of the film actually threw up because of the sight of it. Um, this Ooh. was one of those early 80s films. You're not going to tell us which one? Uh, I'm going to save it? See, I couldn't find that. I I, uh, guarantee, I bet it's mm. the fucking uh, drier one. That one's like The disgusting. drier one is pretty oh, rough. Yeah. That one's disgusting. Yeah. I bet it was that one. Yeah. This was one of those movies that was heavily cut by the MPAA. Uh, 1981, so 
1981, we've talked about before, it's like the year of fucking blood. Uh, you had Madman, uh, as previously discussed, Final Exam, Hell Night, Night School, Halloween 2, Happy Birthday to Me, My Bloody Valentine, The Prowler, The Burning. I mean, you can go on and on. Graduation Day. <laughs> That's a good year. Fun House. Oh, dude, it's the best year ever in movies, probably. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, the year of fucking blood, man, but like I said, heavily cut by the MPAA because this was like kind of the beginning stages of it. So you had, um, I actually read like that before this was released, uh, Lennon had actually been killed John Lennon. So like there was even like moms and shit like that. All these groups were going after these movies already, but like then a messed up thing like that happens in the news. So people are going after gory films like, even more so already. We wa- we actually watched the new Glorious Scream Factory edition where it's restored to about as good of a version as we're probably ever going to get. And a lot of the gore looks really, really good. Um, on some of the old DVDs, not only were, was the gore cut, but um, even like as far back as the 2008 DVD, I believe, like it was like really, really grainy, like the gore, because basically they had to put it back in. The ballad that plays over the ending credits, which was actually an amazing song, and I want it on my Spotify, um, <laughs> was added by composer Paul Zaza. The uncredited singer for the ballad was Scottish, <laughs> Scottish Canadian tenor John McDermott. Director George Michalka. I'm probably butchering that fucking name. Pitched a sequel to the studio heads in 2001, but it was unfortunately passed on. I incorrectly said that the 2009 version was a sequel, but I watched it last night. It's actually, it's like a retelling kind of thing, but they do some obviously different stuff. Last note on the film is this is Quentin Tarantino's favorite slasher film ever. So with that being said, Rob, what did you think about My Bloody Valentine? I loved it, man. (laughs) you liked it a lot it's just a good movie you know i always talk about how like when we watch slasher movies like oh it's a great slasher and shitty you know b film that has a terrible story but this is just actually just 100 percent a good movie all the way around to me Mm -hmm. it's a good story it's got really good gore in it um yeah the gore is it was fantastic Yeah. Um, especially for 1981. I didn't know it was a 1981 movie. I mm-hmm. was, if you would ask me to guess, I would have probably said late 80s. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even early 90s. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, that's just a good movie. It's <laughs> definitely one of my favorite 80s slashers. If not like top not, like if not top two or three of my 80s slashers. So Kate, what did you think about it upon first viewing? I really, really liked it. I would say this one was is like, the best quality 80s slasher film you've shown me so far. Really? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, just piggybacking on what Rob said, like just the story was really good. The effects were really good. The gore was good. It, there was very little to laugh at other than like um, accents, you know, mm-hmm. like Canadian accents. <laughs> um, a every- boot, a boot, <laughs> a boot. But like, you know, sorry. Yeah, you guys know that I love like Blood Rage and those others, 80 slashers that you showed me, but I love them because I laugh through them. Mm-hmm. This one was like legit good. And like there were some really good suspenseful moments. Like, you know, when a when a kill is about to happen, like it's a slasher, but mm-hmm. um, how it's going to happen and the way they sort of build up that terror with the characters. I think they did a really good job of. Yeah, they like uh, they telegraph several kills, but. 
they like end up paying him off. Like the when you had the crazy Ralph character, the bartender, like when he's uh, setting up that little prop or whatever to scare the kids. <laughs> yeah, it was very clear that Ralph was going to get it right then and there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we didn't know exactly how, but like yeah. you said, when it, when it happened though, it was like you're just oh, like, oh fuck. <laughs> I mean, the pit like the the pickaxe went you know up through his chin and like po- poked his eyeball out. It's fantastic. Oh, it, yeah. it looked great. Yeah, yeah like it a, really did. Oh yeah, that and was like, that was one of Brian's favorites for sure. Dude, the the kills are fucking brutal in this. But like, I think another strength that this has for it, like I named some of the characters, but like, what did you guys feel about the characters? And you like get to know all these dudes. Like, I know we were connecting with Hollis, and we were like, he's kick, he's way out kicking his coverage and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, ho- yeah, good good for Hollis. Yeah. yeah, Hollis. Hollis went well. You're well in a small town. Is great. Yeah, there ain't nobody there, right? No. <laughs> and Hollis is probably like the best dude there. Yeah, I mean, it's like so, Hollis so or Andy I mean, Dalton. Yeah. yeah, it's like who the fuck are you gonna pick? So you know, Patty did a good job. But yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's like part of how good the storytelling here was because mm-hmm. we have TJ who apparently went off somewhere. Mm-hmm. He went to California, failed at whatever he was gonna try to do. I can only assume Hollywood. But I don't. I'm. That's what Whatever, I assume. Yeah. And he's yeah. back in town working at the mine, and everyone's like, "Oh, you think you're big town? You think you think you're?" Did he go to California, or did they just say West Coast? What California is West Coast? Let's face well, it. I mean, she's they're, all fucking American centric. They're in Canada though, so West Coast to them might be different. Yeah, we looked it up, and it's like Vancouver. Vancouver's out there. Oh well, I mean, is Vancouver like a big media town? I, don't I know. think so. I could be because it's like right across idea. from Seattle, isn't it? And there were Drake lives. I don't I know. Think, <laughs> I think so. Dude, I, I thought what. Toronto was their big media hub, but I could be wrong. I think Probably a lot wrong. of movies get made in Vancouver too. Yeah. Yeah, the, you're right. I am pretty American centric. I maybe they didn't mean. She's that. like the only thing that matters is America. And that's not. <laughs> She's like Madman would kick his ass. <laughs> like she he had to have gone to California. Well, anyway, where else where'd he go? Yeah, I don't. Whatever he went to go do, whether it was to become a writer or do some, he was following a passion project. Yeah, and it didn't work out, yeah. and then he ended up coming back and having to work in this mine. And obviously, we didn't get to see any of that, but they did a good enough job of like trying to tell that story and like the, the after effects with Axel and mm-hmm. with Sarah, it's like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that they just, they did a really good job of telling the story without having to show it. Mm-hmm. Well, I also I mean, love that they gave, they added complexity to the love triangle in that Axel and TJ did have a friendship, you know, as the movie goes on, they come to hate each other more and then you find out Axel probably never really was friendly with him to begin <laughs> yeah. with but like the scenes that they show you along the way makes you think like there is some dilemma and then you and, and then you see TJ like draws a line under it and he's like I'm just stealing the girl I'm stealing the girl oh yeah, yeah. and that's when everything goes to yeah, shit yeah there's a definite uh, you know best friends girl story there which I mean everyone get get behind that right I mean, oh yeah that, that, always, that always sells i know the um, thing that i dig like about like this story in particular is like it seems like this little like this town almost plays like a character to, as well it's like a blue it's like a blue collar slasher like you're you're spending time with these kids in this small little town like i said twin peaks ask and, and kate says i say that all the time but i do <laughs> but it's it is though like a lot of this, like the music, I feel like it was very well done and at parts as well. Like 
Well, I have a just bone to pick about that one scene. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, the bum, 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 blah, 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 that, <laughs> Yeah, that the scene. Benny Hill banjo scene <laughs> where they're like running out of the mine to go get some tail and they're all like running to their cars. Oh, yeah. Like, there's like a, there's like a V-Bug truck that I've never seen before that this one guy drives. What was the fascination with doing that in the 70s and 80s? Like they what even that? do that in Halloween 4. Like in uh, Halloween 4, I think was like 87 or 88. But it's like they even do that in Halloween Four, like the that that part when the um, it's when like the hillbillies go after Michael, like when they're all like driving around in the trucks, and it's like down 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 down. Yeah, man, it's like, it, what the well fuck? for them it was quitting time, right? They got out of the mine. It was early in the morning apparently because the sun was coming up when they were leaving. Yeah. So and they, I mean, they was like I said, they were getting ready to just go chase tail at like whatever time it was in the morning that they went there. Time to drink some moosehead. Yeah, there was time to drink beer and hit on women at you know six o'clock in the morning or something. So. Yeah, and that bar seemed like a good time. Like the these characters, like they seemed very real. Like one of the things that we brought up with the women is like the women aren't like heavily sexualized in this movie. Like they are not at like, all. Like even in like in Friday the Thirteenth, like when we did the commentary. And yeah, stuff no, like and part of that is how it's shot too. There's not a lot of um, sort of male gaze type shot, shots mm-hmm. where you're just like lingering on a woman's breasts or on her lips or on her scanning up and down her body there's not a lot of that no um which is refreshing and not maybe... a lot for that in any like with the men either like the men or the women really no yeah. i mean i think the closest that you got to that was the the very first scene where it's down in the mine shaft and you know she's got her bra on or whatever and they're getting mm-hmm. they're about to you know have sex in a mine shaft i guess and then you know well, yeah that's the yeah. only scene i can that I can think remember. Of, yeah, I mean, the girls mention, but, like, th- this is true to life. Like, these are, like, teenage, early 20s girls. I can't tell their ages, but sure, they talk about, oh, yeah, my, I can't wait till you see my dress for the dance. It's slid up to here, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. but it's Valentine's Day. They haven't had a dance in the town for 20 years. Like, mm-hmm. they're all excited to get with their guys and dress up and look cute and be sexy and stuff. So, like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, like... I don't know if it's that a Canadian like made it, but the 80s slashers I've seen up to now, <laughs> like the girls have like the skimpiest outfits. There's a ton oh, yeah. of nudity and there's just not in, <laughs> that in this, which like to me, those, those are distractions from the story. You're like, yeah. you're taking this movie down a peg to me. <laughs> no, well, no, <laughs> no she, she's like right. It. Because yeah. they managed to make a very, a really good slasher movie without any nudity mm-hmm. and not very much cussing. I think I heard one of them say fuck once in the entire movie. You're and probably right, yeah. And that's when TJ got hit by a big wooden log when he was <laughs> coming, or, come, coming across, <laughs> you know, around the corner. So, I mean, and they they kind of, they kind of, they went away from that slasher formula that it seemed like everybody was using at that time. And they managed to make a very good movie out of it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was great. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely a wholesome vibe to a small town and mining towns like are usually pretty temporary like eventually mm-hmm. they will use up the the resources in the mine and these people will have to go out into the country and find another job um, in another town so like everyone knows each other everyone supports each other in the town everyone comes it's a community you know and i think that adds to i think that's probably trav like why you like a lot of these types of movies right yeah do you think that you would have because we all went to ben davis and stuff and obviously like we're city kids do you think that we you would have liked like growing up in a small town absolutely not no (laughs) how come there's nothing to do 
Um, That's what I told Trav because I, I asked him that. Yeah, you go down to the lake. The, of the movie. I was like, can you imagine having to like grow up in this like little mining town where there's absolutely nothing to do? I mean, it's it goes beyond. <laughs> That's like a, my shallow answer is there's nothing to do, but I think there's a lack of opportunity in a town like that. Mm-hmm. All, all the men work at the mine. Oh, you know? I would end up in Maybell's uh, or laundry mat or, or something. Or there's, you know, <laughs> the other two are the cops of the entire town. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, not a lot of educational opportunity, not a lot of, like, professional opportunity. And that's, you see that in TJ's character. He, he left town to pursue something that he cared about. And then he's like, it didn't work out and he's back. That's why, you know, I wouldn't go for a small town. And I also don't like everyone in my business. And this is the kind of right. town where everyone's in your business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's It's very much like that small town secrets going around and you know everybody like knows everything about everyone oh for sure so rob how did you think that harry i'm just calling him harry warden i know he's you know spoiler alert he's not the killer yeah. but <laughs> he is harry ward like it's harry warden yeah like you know the costume how do you think he stacks up to like other like so, would you have wanted a sequel because i really really would have like I, I, I think he could have been, like, a horror icon. like a, And he, he kind of is, like, a, a second-tier, you know, third-tier horror icon. Because he looks so cool and shit. You know, people know the miner. Yeah. It's, it's possible that, I guess, if they would have, like, kept going with it, he would have gotten, like, you know, the Halloween mm-hmm. Michael Myers vibe. Because, like you said, I mean, he, he does look really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a miner in a gas mask and a helmet that carries a pickaxe everywhere. Yeah, the problem is um, there's only so much you can do with, like, yeah. mining... <laughs> And apparently he doesn't go anywhere else but this one yeah. town. <laughs> yeah, so he's kind of like any, a ghost. any sequel would just be him back, unless he decided to go to another mining town. It's like he's twenty. It's twenty thirty. Well, they could send back. him to space one day. Well, That'd be killer. Well, a space yeah. mine. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, Camp Crystal Lake was all that Jason did there for a minute, right? So. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, but Camp Crystal Lake is like bigger and shit too, though. That's like, true. He would almost have to encounter like the Hollow Earth or something, like <laughs> in the fucking mine or something. Like you'd have to go bash it. Well, it. we have no idea where you know. Spoiler alert: Axel's the killer in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we have no idea where Axel went after he decided to cut his own arm off. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very possible he can come back around mm-hmm. and you know wreak havoc. Uh, or he could have turned someone else into a psycho. You know, he mm-hmm. killed a bunch of people. Maybe one of them had a kid that becomes the next Harry Warden. Yeah, for uh, sure. And, and growing up with that like legend, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I thought that 2009 was a sequel. I don't know why I thought that for like the longest time. By the way, have you either of you guys ever seen that? Mm-mm. I don't think no. I've seen it. It's really, really good. Like I, I really, really dig it. Like Mike Bertram and I went to see it in 3D. It's pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> but so do you think, so this is kind of a question for both of you. And it's kind of a silly question, but, you know, I'm asking anyways. Do you think that Harry Warden is the most romantic slasher? (laughs) (laughs) What? And I put other possibilities. I put Michael Myers. Michael Myers, I think, is in the running as well. Because he's, like, obsessed with Laurie and, you know, shit like that. Yeah. I guess. I, I, like he, at least he cares. Oh, I think right. you're just being silly. Yeah. Like, but because he writes poems. And oh, for sure. Sends, I mean, he, come on. he does have some great poems, though. Dude can write. Dude, he wrote down thrice, <laughs> thrice. like while he was cutting out somebody's heart. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's epic. Okay, so why don't we go around and give some of our, like, favorite moments and stuff, like, of the movie. Like, maybe favorite kills, favorite moments, you know, whatever. Favorite kills is tough because there's so many good ones in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, 
Mabel got it the worst. Uh, oh I think God. out of all of them. Well, we don't. We didn't actually see how he killed her. It, we could have. He could have killed her quickly, but he just like mutilated her body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, she got roughed up either way, pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So somebody um, needs to be fucking Harry Warden for Halloween. Like you or Brooks need to be that. That'd be killer. <laughs> You're sitting there like. <sighs> Like I mean, I breathe, oh yeah, the I Darth- hard anyways. I'm always hot. <laughs> the, the Darth Vader breathing. Like Brian said himself, he was like, "This that's a, like a badass costume." He's like wearing all black, which would be easy to put together, and then you just have to buy the mask and a, and a fake pick. Dude, that'd be creepy as fuck. Yeah, like, fi- like him slashing you would be really, really creepy because that light in your face, you're not gonna be able to see shit. Yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah, I yeah. loved that by the way that the he light. would blind people with the light. Yeah, dude, stun them. That is fucking creepy. So yeah. you said Mabel's death was your... It was pretty rough. My favorite one, though, has to is probably the uh, the bartender. I loved it. I thought the whole <laughs> did a really good job. Yeah, the it. crazy bartender guy. Yeah. So for the listeners, I'll describe those two scenes um, in case you haven't watched it and you just like to listen to us. So Mabel's death, she's the kind of the, the lovely old lady that everybody in town, you know, adores. She's mm-hmm. the one who's the head of the decorating committee for the big valentine's dance and you you see her in her laundromat and you're like oh fuck they're gonna kill her and they don't show him actually killing her you hear a sound you hear a whack and they don't show it and then i think it's the sheriff that comes first right Mm -hmm. and he comes in he's like looking around for her he notices all the hearts are like on the wall or upside down that part was creepy by the way yeah exactly and he's like oh shit so he of course you see behind him blood in a dryer spinning around. Like, oh shit! Yeah. And so he finds the dryer, um, opens it up, and it start. He's like smells a burning oh. smell. It's like burning flesh. It turns out, and so he's like taking out the clothes and like sniffing them. He's like, "What the heck is that?" And the he pulls out enough clothes for her body to come loose, and her body's like, it's like the fir- the top half of her falls out, right? Mm-hmm. So her, you see her head and her like chest and stuff, and she's like all burnt and bloody and she's spinning around because the dryer's still going and yeah yeah, that that one was pretty rough i agree that's probably one of my quote-unquote favorite kills (laughs) the most uh the coolest effect i think for me was that one because i wasn't i really was not expecting her to i was expecting him to open the door and see her and freak out Mm -hmm. not for her body to come out and keep spinning (laughs) like that's really dark yeah um and then the other one you mentioned is the crazy bartender who is like the you know the prophet that everyone should be yeah. listening to him and no one is <laughs> and so he <laughs> is gonna like i'll scare those damn kids and so he sets up um kind of a fake harry warden to you know jump out at them when they open a door and he for whatever reason the first five times he does it is not enough <laughs> like yeah because he's like joke he's like yeah. making himself laugh right? i think he's, he's drunk too because yeah. he, has oh, yeah. he has that bottle with him and he's drinking there yeah so. so he's like opening it ha ha open ha ha open ha. i was like come on dude like how many times and so that's how what travis was saying about projecting the death like you knew it was coming oh, yeah. and yeah. so he opens it and then harry warden's there and he like pickaxe like uppercuts him with the pickaxe or something yeah, it, it goes like through his chin and like out his, his eye yeah oh, it's fantastic and it looks so good i was like yeah. wow that actually looks real like yeah. When I think about some of the stuff they did in Blood Rage, for instance, I talk about that one a lot because it was the mm-hmm. first one I ever saw of this type of thing. And, like, those effects are, like, kind of silly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you see the hands still wiggling and, you know, that kind of stuff. But this, 
I don't know who the who did the effects again. Do you remember? Uh, let's see. I mentioned it earlier. But yeah, they deserved um, an award for this. Thomas R. Berman, the makeup effects artist. Yeah, very good job. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And then the um, so one of my favorites was uh, I can't remember her name, but it's the couple that's hooking up in the mine, like um, where they have the uniforms, and he oh, puts yeah. her like over that faucet in the shower. Yeah. Like oh my god. That's oh my god. Good one that too. one was one of mine. That was rough. Oh dude, it's so fucking creepy. And then that Andy Dalton guy just like goes in there and fucking stares at it for so long. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> like uh like you wouldn't run away. Like, yeah. She's... So yeah, he's just in total shock. His name was John, right? Mm-hmm. Ginger John is I think Ginger what I John. called him. Ginger John. Ginger John and purple sweater girl. But yeah, the all the uh, uniforms which oh. like why are they all hanging up like that anyway yeah which is the, like scary. the setup to that kill was really good too because mm-hmm. it was, he was like dropping the uniforms around her and everything and then he you know hits her with the light and picks her up by her head and just walks her into the shower and i think yes that was the, their their yeah. showers are just like these pipes with a few holes poked in the end or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. and uh yeah he just impales like, her head on it and hangs her there yeah, it was very. And the that, water's coming out of her mouth. Like, oh, oh yeah, so that part was very like Michael Myers of him for sure. Yeah, like there yeah, was some flair to that kill. For yeah, sure. yeah, there was some style to it for sure. And I think that moment was the part when you were like, "This is just a good movie." Like, uh, and I was like, "I hope Rob like digs this." <laughs> no, it's just a good. Yeah, it's just a good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, I love slashers. I love terrible slashers too. But this is just, it's a good movie. That's so where slash, would you? That happens to be a slasher. Hang on, I have a favorite. Oh, go ahead. So my absolute favorite scene is the slow motion fight. It was not really slow motion, but like the very slow fight between TJ and Axel in the, um, the rec room, I guess, of the mine. So they're fighting over Sarah, of course. And Axel basically like whoops TJ's ass and then everyone's like, get out of here, Axel. And he grabs a beer and fucking cracks it open. Oh, my God. (laughs) We were dying Yeah, we laughed so hard at how he exited. He was like... He dramatically cracks this beer on his way out. It kind of spills out a, a little bit. He just like storms off, and it was so yeah. Good. It fucking slams the door and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking great scenes in this movie. So my absolute favorite scene in this movie was um, the kind of flashback. It's showing you like twenty years ago and the myth of the uh, the legend of Harry Warden, and it's just showing. Harry like walk around the mine outside and this is kind of where I uh, talked about like the ambience like of the town of of it setting up like it's very foggy and shit and it just has that ding 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 like music and he's just walking around going <sighs> like breathing and shit and like holding his pickaxe but those parts are like incredibly awesome to set up that atmosphere like of that small town and there's a killer on the loose like that's like my one of my favorite fucking movies what are some quotes you like from this Trav? there's some good ones Mm. i'm definitely gonna use you're a full-time fool (laughs) on people what were some quotes that came from the bartender you're a full-time fool girl (laughs) (laughs) um well, yeah, this, I mean, ain't no, the... this ain't no fairy tale, little girl. <laughs> you don't take this seriously. You're a fool. Fool is yeah. like his favorite word. 
Oh yeah, you gotta have that dude in a slasher yeah, movie. You have though. to have the the crazy guy that's like, it's a death curse. <laughs> I, I gotta admit, I dug it that he like had a job and shit in this one and was like a bartender. Like yeah. I love that. He probably owned the bar more yeah. than likely, right? Because we've all encountered that like bartender that's a little nutty. You know, that, like, <laughs> just cut, he's kind of like the conspiracy theory guy. You know, it's like uh, telling the kids and shit like what's going on and you know shit like that. <laughs> like Mirror Heath as the bartender. What do you think about the choice of the sheriff and the mayor? Well, ultimately, I think it was the sheriff's call because the mayor wanted to call. Granville was like the bigger mm. town nearby that has a police force that could actually, you know, help them. The mayor wanted to call them, get help and call off the dance, send everyone home, tell the town so that they can make their own educated choice of what to do. Um Turns out the kids probably would have done this anyway because they didn't give a shit. Oh, for sure. Um, But what do you think of the choice of the sheriff to be like, no, we're not going to call. We're not going to call back up. So we're not going to tell anybody. Yeah. Classic (laughs) small town sheriff. (laughs) So you bought that like, right? Like that you you were like, it's a small town. Like, yeah, he's small town sheriff. It's like him and one that are due. That's a cop. Hey, you know, he wants them to think that he can take care of it. He's like, nobody panic. Yeah, nobody panic. No one say what actually happened to Mabel. Mabel had a heart attack, and if you tell anybody, you're going to answer to me for it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the fucking uh, bartender's like, like, heart attack my ass. Yeah, and he's like, heart attack, yeah, heart attack my ass. Mabel got it just the way I said she would. Whatever <laughs> yeah, it's like a very, very stubborn, it's like my dad as fucking sheriff. Yeah. Like, in a small town, which is, you know. It would go as about as bad as you think, like <laughs> the stubbornness. Yes. But it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I almost think they would have told people. Like, I don't know, man. You got a fucking killer on the loose and shit. Well, well he, they did, but after more people died. Right. So they had a chance to do the right thing. Right. It was almost like from, in Screams. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. Harry Warden's back and shit. <laughs> the story definitely couldn't happen today. I don't think so. Like, no. Where would you have to set it? Well, because they it, they just would have looked in the computer and seen that Harry Warden's dead, mm-hmm. like right then and there. And then they'd be like, "Oh shit, it's someone else." Close up the town. So, do you think they could like? Um, so, if you remade this, like, where do you think they? What do you think they could do with it? Do you, do you think this could be like a TV show or something? Because I could easily see this as a TV show. Yeah, I think if you showed uh, like all of the different relationships and backstories of all the characters, right? Like, yeah, you could certainly make this into a TV show, right? I'm I mean, I don't know if the, with the whole Valentine hook, but you could definitely t- like set something like this in a mining town with a mysterious killer, like a Teen Wolf or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about how Harry Warden became Harry Warden. I mean, right, that's, let's get into I, it. I like that scene too. Because, I mean, because it was like, you know, he's telling the story about Harry Warren and how he got trapped into a mine with other people. Yeah, the legend. And it's like, you know, and what, like, he took us days to get to him or whatever. And they're like, I'm the one that found him. Yeah. And it was like, he was just like screaming because, you know, he's been in the mine for however long. He had to eat people to survive. So I thought the way that they set up Harry Warden was a, was a very compelling story. Like, you know, he's just the psychopath that remembers Valentine's Day because... Well, everyone was was celebrating Valentine's Day. He was trapped in a mine eating people. So, <laughs> I will say, yeah, that's one way they could go. Like it, it, we were talking about, like newer movie or something. Like do Harry Warden as the killer. Like that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, tell me the Harry Warden story. Like what did he do? Yeah, make that movie. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch like, it. Say, 
and you could even set it like back in the day. Like you could, at this point, you could set it since we're in the 2020s. Like you could set it in the 80s or whatever. Like make Harry Warden in the 80s. That'd yeah. be fucking killer, man, if they did that. But yeah, I agree. I'd watch it. So we find out, like we mentioned earlier, we find out that Axel was the killer and shit. Like, what did you think? We died laughing at that part where, like, you find out Axel's the killer and it kind of shows you, it goes back in time and shows you, like, why he's the killer. (laughs) And the fucking kids, like, you know, they they just, like, throw blood into the kid's face. Yeah. (laughs) What was the other movie that did that? Oh, fuck. What movie was that? Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, it was Silent Night, Deadly Night. Did they throw blood in his face, though? I think they did. No, they? he hid in the bushes and watched everyone die. That's right. Yeah. Some kid got hit with blood, though. <laughs> Probably. At some point. I can't remember. Wasn't it his brother? Was it his brother that got hit with blood or something? Well, yeah, they shot his brother right in front of him. That made Right. Be it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they do look <laughs> like th- a close up yeah, on his face. And we thought it was hilarious, too. But yeah, <laughs> he's like, under for whatever reason, he's under the bed. Yeah. Um, and like while his dad's getting ready to, to go to this Valentine's Day dance. And yeah, I mean, he comes in, Harry Warden comes in and kills him. And he's like ripping his heart out and then blood splats on his face. So it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So I'm confused about the choice of Axel. I mean, I it, it was an, they did an effective job of throwing me off. I had no mm-hmm. idea it was going to be him because like he just had seemed to have so much going on. Like, and if he were to like keep Sarah as his girl like technically he was killing people before he before tj stole his girl was he just down in the mine with that random woman <laughs> saw the heart and that's what that's what did it that's kind the, of what the I was heart thinking. tattoo and then like but he's still living like this normal life once they're in the mines and tj and axel kept splitting up i thought it was going to be tj because every tj would go away mm-hmm. and then someone would die but yeah. I just, I didn't even think Axel. And, <laughs> like, I want to know how they did the whole, like, how did Axel, rather, make the bubbling under the water happen? Yeah, I don't understand. I don't know how he fucking did that. <laughs> or did he just, like, that was actually him and they were showing you, like, oh, he's under there and he's just, like, blowing out air. He's not dead. And then he, when they went away, he popped back up and it was like, let me go get put my clothes on. and. That's when I knew it was Axel. But he wasn't wet. Yeah. Yeah, when he was... Whenever there was like, oh, he apparently fell in this water. We can't yeah, see. Yeah, it's some shady shit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, oh, that's sure. when it. That's when it dawned on me who it was. But I mean, that was that's the end of the movie. They never so. touch on like the blonde going missing either. Like they did. Like they don't touch on like her obviously getting killed in the mine. Like at the very beginning. Like they never say like you know a blonde's missing. Or, oh like... yeah. Yeah. So did he just like well, find a girl? That's whose heart was in that box right yeah the 30 year old woman um, or yeah, whatever young woman i have no idea yeah no one apparently knew or was worried about her missing <laughs> yeah i guess um because no one was yeah I'd, I'd have to watch it again to see if they mention a missing woman or a body found i don't think they did. i don't think they ever did everyone was acting like you know business <laughs> as usual from what i could tell i mean maybe he got her from a neighboring town and was like mm-hmm. hey let's do a sexy mining fantasy thing <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what they were doing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's exactly and then he sees doing. the, like, did he take her down there knowing, like, I'm about to go on a killing spree? Or did, was it the heart tattoo that did it? It was the heart tattoo. Because you encounter, people encounter heart imagery all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you like. So was it, was it because it was on a woman's breast or because it was in the mine and it was a heart? <laughs> he drives by a fucking Priscilla's and, like, loses his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Lover's lane. Something we cannot end the podcast before discussing is 
fucking Patty. Oh, Patty. Yeah, you had oh, a problem with that too, Patty. didn't you? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, Patty, he's got two nails in his head. We got to go. Like, this dude is like stomping towards you right now. Yes. <laughs> like, he was like, <laughs> he was like knocking everything around, like trying to get you. See, Katie like, said that last night and I took her to task. Yeah. I, <laughs> Travis is like, you're telling me if Brian was yeah. dead in front of you that you'd just be like, Okay, bye. Dead bye. Dead bye. You dead bye. <laughs> and I said, listen, if there's clear and imminent danger, there is a psychopathic killer running at you, literally running at you. Uh-huh. Yes, I'd be like, you know what? We'll get his body later. Yeah. Let me get to safety first. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's pretty like, clear that Hollis is dead. I yeah. mean, he's got yeah. he's got one right, you know, right in his forehead and one in his temple. Like he's he's gone. Yeah. He's not it's not like He's still alive somehow, and you can't just leave him there because he's going to come and like finish him off or something like that. Like, like Gail Weathers and yeah. fucking yeah. Kenny, yeah. where yeah. she's like, yeah. get your fat ass off the fucking oh, car. Oh, poor Kenny. <laughs> yeah, Patty was definitely the character where you're like, just fucking kill her already. Because not yeah. only did she do that, and she's putting the other two at, at, in more danger because she won't leave and run away like you're supposed to when someone a killer's coming at you with a pickaxe. Mm-hmm. But she also dramatically they, they need to climb a ladder to get out because he's cut the lines to the machine that can take them up and down and she's afraid of heights and I'm just like your flight or f- fight or flight do one or the other just like and she's like staying on the <laughs> ladder and saying like I just can't I can't go anymore I can't go anymore I'm done I can't go anymore and it's like what just fucking go, bitch. Mm-hmm. I was so upset at her character because it's like they kind of redeemed the female characters with Sarah in the end because yeah. she actually helps fight off Axel when TJ is down. Like she becomes kind of a hero too. She helps save the day a bit. Um, but she was really poised like early on to be this hysterical, helpless woman. And I was like, Who? don't do this. Don't make all the female characters helpless yeah. <laughs> women or dead girls. Yeah. Hey, Miss Maybell wasn't helpless or, you know, whatever. Yeah, oh, she was. She, she, was, she was pretty much helpless, man. She, there, there <laughs> she, was, was, she wasn't getting away from any. Yeah, anything. she was helpless. The purple girl, helpless, dead purple in an girl. instant. Purple sweater girl. Oh. Um, the one in the showers. And then... Patty, just fucking embarrassing. <laughs> she is like so cold hearted though. Like at the end of the movie when they're having their like slow Canadian fight with the shovel and the pickaxe, she was like uh yelling at wh- what's her name? Um Sarah. Uh, Sarah. She was yelling at Sarah for like going down there to help out uh <laughs> to help out TJ. And she ends up like saving the day. I was like, She's going down there to help him out. Yeah. I was I mean <laughs> I, I was surprised that she hopped off that, you know, that little train drag and I mean like him out, good for so. her I would have been the f- getting the fuck out I would have <laughs> ran up the hill of the <laughs> yeah. like of Kate the, Bush running up that hill the cart thing what are they they call it the, like a roller coaster you know what's confused it called the mining cart why, like she insisted to go back for him after they was like oh he's alive after this had collapsed on him though yeah that was a little bizarre it was and it was only to get the the scene of him cutting his arm off and like grabbing a hold of her and then she pulling his arm out of there I mean yeah, how do you like? I guess she's the most most empathetic person on the planet because like this guy just killed all your friends and tried to kill you and your boyfriend, and you're going back to hold his hand. Like what? Yeah, that'd be like. Uh, I mean, yeah, that'd be like Sydney Prescott like acting that way to like um, what's his name Billy. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the end of Scream, it's like oh that. 
yeah, I don't know about that. Like that last scene still does it. And then the uh, cheesy yell at the end. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was all like, I mean, the poem that he's reading or the song that he's singing is fucking badass though. Yeah. Yeah. A fucking awesome movie. But, um, so do we want to go around and give like our final thoughts of the movie? Sure. Rob. So, yeah, I mean, this is, um, uh, like I said, it's just a good movie. So it's good. Valentine <laughs> slasher. Um, it's, it's a slasher, but it's not, you know, the shitty, you know, madman. Oh my Mad- god! Hey, I, love Mad- I, love, I love Mad Max. I love Mad Max or Mars, not Max. Uh, I love Mad Man Mars. All right, and you know Blood Rage is. I love that movie too. But um, yeah, I mean, this is just a good. It's a good movie, and it's a slasher. So I mean, you should watch it around Valentine's Day. Is this your favorite? Like, where does this stack up to the ones that we watched? Silent I don't know Night, Deadly Night, can... Blood Rage, uh, Madman. I don't know. For for me, it's different. Like, it's still a slasher, but it's like a quality mm-hmm. so i don't know if i can i mean it, it's better than those movies oh it is definitely like quality yeah. yeah i mean it's just better quality wise than those movies are i love the cheese factor and all of those of the other three movies that you mm-hmm. know i've done whereas this is just you know it's everything that you want in a slasher plus decent storyline decent effects decent actors even if they are canadian but <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought uh, tj's accent just got stronger and stronger as, the, as, as the movie went yeah <laughs> it started it started coming out pretty good eh <laughs> what'd uh, you rate it i'd give it out of what five five ten i'd give one. it a five it's okay. a good movie Ooh. all right kate um i think i would give it like a four four point five out of five in that range definitely one of the one of the best um 80s slashers for sure for me probably my probably my favorite i don't know i feel like i've I've kind of said all there is to say like i just feel like it's really it's really entertaining it's one that you can certainly watch with friends and you like you might laugh here and there but for the most part you're gonna be like oh 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 my god i didn't see that coming like when i think of 80s slashers i feel like they're very predictable and this one you know had its moments but overall like I didn't predict the killer in the end, and I predicted all the killers of all the other ones we've watched, you know? So yeah. it's like, um, when it's not clearly obvious what they are. But anyway, I just, I felt like this was a really good time. I can't believe I haven't seen it till now. I don't know why it's not more heavily promoted during Valentine's season mm-hmm. as like one of the classic. Maybe it is within the horror community. Everyone maybe it's like, oh, it's time to watch My Bloody Valentine. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> and he is kind of romantic. Like, you know, it, it should be. Travis. He should be on a lot of Valentine's Day cards and shit. That's not what I mean. <laughs> but, you know, like, usually you'll see people talking about during Halloween. Everyone's watching Halloween. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's For whatever reason, this one doesn't have that same reach. And I don't know why, because it's, like, just it's as good. good. Yeah. It's just as good to me. And I do think that this would have made an excellent series. I think if you're creative... A, a good creative mind like you could easily put him in the killer in different situations it doesn't always have to be in this one mining town you know mm-hmm. yeah Highly you can recommend. mine a lot of shit sure you can <laughs> there's a lot of mines out there he can go to west virginia start killing hicks oh boy you know? yeah it's like wrong turn and shit yeah yeah well i mean he has a pickaxe and like send him in the mountains for fuck's sake he doesn't Here, have to be you know he's out there with oil He's in the Middle East and shit. <laughs> He's encountering U.S. troops in the fucking Middle East. Like I said, send him to space. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fucking My bloody Valentine's space. Oh, I'd dead, watch this shit. No, it's dead that. space, but the main character is Harry Warden. That, Ooh, like, that's, that'd be, there we go. You're just pickaxe and fucking monsters. 
That'd be killer. <laughs> um, so yeah, this would be like a four and a half out of five for me. Like a, a classic of the genre, like a four and a half to a five out of five, a classic of the genre. One of my favorite 80s slashers ever. But yeah, I just love this. Like, and there are, there are two movies in the series. So I love this series. Like I'll say that. I love both movies, like, for what they are. I'm interested to watch, so we're doing, next week we're doing the 2009 version with Carly. So I'm interested to watch that after we've revisited the original in the, basically the best version that exists of this movie. And I will say, if you are going to watch this movie, uh, it is, like, absolutely worth buying, like, to get this version. Because it adds, there's over, like, five minutes of footage that they put in for the uncut version and like just watching it without all that uncut footage would be a disservice to the movie. I think like, are there whole scenes or do they just lengthen scenes? Yeah. I don't think that, uh, they even show like, like for instance, Maybell, like, you know, turning in the, they wouldn't show that. There's no, no way. So in, in the you gotta theatrical, watch it with that. yeah. In the theatrical edition, like that's not in there. I don't believe. So yeah, but you got to watch that like the uncut versions of these movies. Like that's part of the charm of these movies is the fucking gore. Like, but yeah. Charm. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's charming. It He's charming. Is. It's a charm. He's a charming guy. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into those gory scenes. Absolutely. With, with you know, I don't know uh, if I feel charmed. I, <laughs> I can, maybe, I'm, maybe just... not charmed, but you know, you, you there's, there's like, you guys you, are twisted. That's how all much I'm work they put into that? Like you can just like you appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. I feel like yeah. putting a minor outfit on and going fucking uh, <laughs> throwing my dad around is what I feel like doing. <laughs> okay, so my recommendation this week is a little bit different. I'm not going to do the book. I have a book set over there. I'm not going to do the book um, because it's Valentine's Day and stuff. I'm going to do an album um, of depressing love songs. <laughs> These aren't happy love songs. They're well, depressing. that is your like wheelhouse. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Shoegaze, like depressing. Mazzy Star meets Roy Orbison meets you know Elvis Presley. But this is Orville Peck. Have you ever heard of Orville Peck? The name sounds familiar. So he describes himself as like a flamboyant cowboy, and he's a masked like a uh, singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very I'll, uh, very see, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very, uh, not to bring up Twin Peaks again, but very Twin Peaks. Um, this is <laughs> Orville. Is <laughs> Everything is Twin Peaks. Uh, ver- this is Orville Peck's Pony. Um, I'll read the description a little bit. Combining the lulling ambiance of shoegaze with the iconic melodies and vocal prowess of classic American country music. Uh, enigmatic outlaw cowboy Orville Peck croons love and loss from the badlands of North America. So I discovered Orville like this last year during the pandemic and shit. And Rose and I were like obsessed for fucking weeks and I'm still absolutely. Yeah. The vinyls right over there. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm still obsessed with like, like he, he has an amazing fucking voice and I'll play some for you. Like after we quit recording, but that is my recommendation of the week. Like go out and buy a miserable love album. (laughs) Like, and be miserable because that's what Valentine's Day is all about. <laughs> like, Valentine's Day is a miserable holiday. So, no, it's go out not. and be miserable like Orville Peck. No, like, go out and get chocolates. Uh, no hearts ooh. in it. Chocolate. Yeah, no you hearts. guys are so cynical. Dude, Valentine's Day is the worst holiday ever. I hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> but as always, Chocolate's you can catch too. us at Horrifying MF on Twitter 
uh, at Captain Creature on Twitter. I'm most active on the Captain Creature, and uh, I'm most active on Twitter, I believe, and on Instagram and Facebook at Horrifying My Friends. Thanks a lot for all the Patreon supporters. We greatly appreciate you guys. Um, more and more content will be dropping on there. I think I just uploaded a second playlist on there. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's called the. Uh, it's called the crying game. It was my second <laughs> playlist. It starts with Boy George's crying game. There we go. It's a fucking fantastic song. But anyway, uh, Taylor Dane, Tell It to My Heart, is also on that playlist. But uh, go check that out. But yeah, thank you for joining us, Rob. Thank you for joining us. The return of Slasher Rob. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Oh, yeah. Till next time. Yep. Bye. Have a good week. Friends.